This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Okay, so today on the podcast, I have Jess Hegram. Jess is CEO and co-founder of That Works For Me, a progressive digital B2B platform that connects exceptional proven talent with businesses that need it. So I've invited Jess here today to talk to us about working flexibly, working around a family, setting boundaries around work and home life. Um, those are some of the topics we're going to cover, but um, we're going to get into to much, much more. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Jess. So Hello. hi, Jess. Hi. Hi. <laughs> So I've given you a very brief introduction there, but do you want to introduce yourself, please? Yeah, so I'm Jess Egren, CEO and co-founder of That Works For Me. I am a mother of three, soon to be four, literally just in a few weeks' time. Um, And yeah, we launched our company back in December 2019 and um, yeah, I've been working on it ever since. Fantastic. And can you talk a little bit about the company and what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So you've mentioned that that works for me. That's our very formal description, B2B. <laughs> B2B. Actually, in its most simple terms, what we aim to do is bring together skilled professionals who can't necessarily work full time with brilliant businesses who don't necessarily need people full time. So for businesses, they can access the skills they need when they need them. And for people, we can introduce you to businesses that are looking to either permanently or employ on a freelance basis, skilled people who are really good at what they do. Fantastic. Thank you. And when you say companies, I mean, um, do you mean big companies or are you happy to work with sort of solopreneurs and really tiny companies who are just looking for someone to help with their accounting or marketing or whatever it might be? So... uh, Companies of all sizes, the actual background to the company is that, so I was previously a a director up in the um, city and I unfortunately had to leave that job after I had my second baby because it was just too much. The flexibility kind of wasn't there and they needed more hours from me than I had to give. And I realised kind of how many people there were out there like me. So people who'd had these great big careers, you know, really talented, really experienced and just fell out of the workplace because they didn't fit that sort of nine to five model I didn't quite know what to do with it to start off with <laughs> it was one of those like oh god this is a problem anyway this one particular day a friend of mine rang she's an incredibly talented woman runs a high-end catering company in London 
and she was having real financial problems because her very junior finance person had miscalculated her cash flow. And, and at the time I said to her, why don't you have a CFO? You know, you're at that point now where you really need an FD. You need someone who's good at this. You can keep tabs on your finances for you. Um, and she said something that I've heard from so many businesses of all sizes, which is, you know, I, I don't think I'm quite big enough. I don't know if I've got the right work. You know, I don't know how I would pass it on. Um, and I said to her, look, if you hired a mum, and we're not just four mums, but you know, they are a, a huge part of our audience. If you were to hire a mum, you could get somebody who was incredibly experienced and someone with all of the right skill sets to help you. But maybe they're only looking for a couple of hours work a week. So it would suit you and it would suit them. And I think that's the thing, no matter how big your business is, sometimes you need help with something that you either can't do yourself or that you've got too much of. So we talked earlier about an example of a uh, some people needing a VA so actually it's just some help with some admin you just need someone who's good at that thing that can come and work with you yeah that sounds fantastic thank you and it's really nice to know as well that you have people who are happy to work with really tiny businesses as well because I think um for lots of small businesses I think it's, it's you, you could often think oh I could never get someone at let's say finance director level that would want to work with me because I'm so small um use an example of, of your friends because I can tell I, I I can you know I'm a small business it's just me and I, that's the sort of thing I know I would think you know well, I can't have someone that experience why would they want to work for me I can only offer x amount of hours so I think what you're saying is actually really reassuring yeah it's mad and we we kind of I think we're inclined to stop ourselves accessing the help that we need sometimes because of this mental barrier like you just said about why people would want to work with you actually people want to do the thing that they're good at and if that happens to be different to the thing that you're good at then and you can have somebody for just an hour if you need them or you know maybe a day or two days whatever it may be then you know this that works for me as a place where you can access that we also you just prompted me actually it's a saying about um much smaller companies who work on their own one of my big things when I set out to build this business was about making it accessible to small businesses I think the cost of the cost of accessing good people these days can be really expensive because lots of people go via the recruitment road and actually recruitment companies can often charge a, what a prohibitive amount for a small business so you know if you were going to find somebody just to help you with one small element of your business you know going down that road wouldn't necessarily work so what that works for me sets out to do is provide a really accessible affordable solution for small businesses of any size so that's not, it sounds like a great solution because you can get someone who's really experienced who's great at what they do but they're not looking for full-time work. They just, you know, they're really happy to work with, with, you know, for a couple of hours a week doing what they're good at. And I think that sounds like a great solution for anyone looking for something. Thanks. So let's talk a little bit more about sort of, sort of flexible working in, in general. Um, let's start with why, why do you feel that working flexibly is the way forward, for, particularly for parents? Anyone, anyone who has children knows that they're, just excuse me one second Vicky sorry um so flexible working why does it work for parents it I think anybody with children knows that they are 
anymore. Then they can need you at any time, can't they? So even when we think we've got it nailed and we've got childcare solutions set up and we've got lifts in place and that type of thing, at any second your child will turn around and, and you know get a huge bug, or they'll the nursery will be closed for the day, or school announce an inset day. And it's not very easy within companies that don't offer flexible working to to be there and, and be around for that. And I think one of the big things, not just parents, actually, but everybody these days wants is just a bit of a little bit of wriggle room around the, the rest of their lives. So I think if any if we've learned anything during kind of these recent COVID times, it's that you know, having a bit more say over how we spend our time is just more critical than it ever has been. And I think that's whether it is taking children to school or whether it's getting out to go to the gym or whether it's, you know, being able to go out for a walk for 20 minutes because, you know, that's the thing that clears your head. I just think we're in an age now where that sort of social contract is quite different and it looks and it feels different and people expect to have more control over their lives, basically. Yeah, definitely. And I've, I'm completely with you. I think it's really important. And actually the reason I do what I do now is that um, after having children, being employed just didn't work for me. I actually didn't go back to employment after having my first child because the hours that they wanted from me just didn't match what I was prepared to do with a relatively young baby at that time. There's and, an incredible um, statistic that 72% of mothers drop out of the full-time workforce within three years of having a child. Like 72% is just absolutely massive and I think just demonstrates everything that's wrong with our work culture in this country. Absolutely and do you think or are you seeing or do you think that there might be a shift because of the you know the events of the last year and the fact that more people are working from home and people I'm assuming employees have had to be a bit more flexible because of you know people's family situations? Yeah so I think what's happened has been really interesting so the first thing that I quite often talk about is is this sort of live testing of remote working so companies over the last year getting on for 18 months now it's been quite a while hasn't it but they've had to live test that remote working piece so it's it's very unlikely if ever you've worked in a corporate you'll know that everything's based on building up a business case so what's my cost versus my benefit and and there's nothing else that would have come about that would have bought it bought it about on this scale now for them for most companies they've said oh actually this is interesting you know the world hasn't fallen apart our income line hasn't dropped off that much you know and they're really questioning whether they need that office that really expensive office in the city in the current in its sort of current format the smart companies are talking to their employees now saying how's the last year 18 months been for you because let's be honest it's quite different if we're if we're parents and it's meant that it's made school runs that much more easy and things then the flexible working has been a great thing if you're a somebody who lives in a shared house with five other people and you don't have you know you don't have decent broadband or you don't have a sort of office space in your room then it's been quite difficult and it's the same with lots of people who are new to companies sort of trainees and entry-level graduates and that type of thing it's been quite a challenging time so the smart organizations are now out there talking to all of their people and saying right how do we design our office footprint and how do we design our working practices how do we adapt our management styles how do we do all of those things to make flexible and remote working work for people in the way that they want it to 
And what we're hearing is lots of talk around something called hybrid working, which basically means a mix of home working and office based working, but that suits the individual. And it's the narrative is quite interesting. So I think, like I said, a lot of the good companies who kind of get what's going on, uh, that's happening. There are some at the other end of the spectrum. I won't name names because it's not very professional to do so. There are some who are doing a flat, nope, everyone back into the office. But I think the way that this will play out in future is that we'll have a set of businesses who are very demanding and will attract a certain type of person. Then you'll get this other set of organisations who've generally looked at employee wellbeing. They've looked at what they need to do for their customers and they've come up with a, a hybrid solution that works for everybody. And ultimately, I think they will end up attracting the best talent. So it will put pressure on these other companies that aren't being quite as flexible as they need to be at the moment. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting. And presumably as well, there's also going to be, I don't know how many, but a number of businesses who perhaps are fairly new and have just started completely remotely. I'm coming across more and more businesses now that are just fully remote, have never perhaps had an office footprint and never intend to. And I think that might be an outcome of the last 18 months as well, that there might be people starting up. Now, you know, now that so much is online, um, people who say, well, actually, I don't, I'm not even going to bother thinking about an office or a shop or whatever the thing is, the physical footprint. I'm actually just going to be online from day one and not have to worry about that. I think that's positive as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're an example of that business. So we, we launched in December 2019, like I said. I have four people that work with me who up until about three weeks ago I'd never met them face to face and I think for some people they find that absolutely crazy you know how can you work with these people that you've never met but why do I need to you know I've 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 seen them I've spoken to them you know we work together and ultimately isn't it about the productivity and the the work that somebody's doing for you as opposed to whether you've sat across the table from them and you know had a face-to-face conversation so I think I think for small businesses, it gives us a real advantage because it means that we haven't got to be worrying about these massive overheads from day one. You know, it, it's a it's a far easier entry into the business world with, you know, fewer overheads and less commitments and a bit easier if you can sort of do everything in a remote way. And actually what's interesting is lots of small businesses that come to us now, instead of saying, so what I used to get at the beginning actually was some people that would call and say, hey, I'm looking for a social media manager, for example. Um, Do you know anyone in Bristol, wherever they may be, that can help me out? Actually, now that conversation goes, have you got a really good social media manager that I can work with? And it doesn't matter where they are. And I think that's a real sign of the times and, again, demonstrates that sort of adaptability of business owners to know that, you know, it's not all about seeing someone face to face. Yeah, I think that's really good. I'm really true. I hadn't even sort of considered that because like you, I mean, I work with a lot of people. I have a lot of clients who I've never met. Some of them I've actually never even spoken to. You know, everything's <laughs> on, online. Honestly, so I, I have a, a, a small a small percentage, but there are people who I don't even know what their voice sounds like because <laughs> all the communication has been via email, which yeah. sounds a bit crazy now I'm saying it, but it's definitely the way things are going. We have we definitely have those two types of customers. So we have businesses that will they'll come onto the site, they will search through our membership, like the look of some of the you know skills and talent on offer. 
they will register, they'll post an opportunity, they'll connect with people, they'll talk to them and they go on to work together and it's, it's exactly the same. Then there are the other type of customer who like a bit more conversation and they like a bit more handholding and they want to know who's behind the business and I think you know that's okay. It, again it comes back to this being flexible around people's work preferences. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit more about um, working flexibly, Jess, because you mentioned that you've got three children, you've got four on the way, obviously, you've got a relatively new business. How are you managing um, to balance your work and family? Or are you managing to balance, to balance work and family? <laughs> great, great, the first question. <laughs> great question. Uh, do you know what, they, generally, generally, I am. I, I'm not going to lie to you, Vicky, and say last year hasn't been you know, it hasn't been tough between homeschooling and nurseries being closed, that type of thing. My children are all quite young. So I have a two-year-old, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Um, so when we were homeschooling the six-year-old, it wasn't like we could kind of put her, put a headset on <laughs> and leave her at the kitchen table. It was very much, you know, letter formation and um, spelling rhymes and that type of thing. So it's it's been really full on but you'll notice when I'm talking about my children I talk very much about us so my husband and I entered into parenthood on a 50-50 arrangement um I at the time was you know I mentioned had a sort of corporate job up in the city um and he he was employed at the time actually but our deal was no matter what happens we will parent on a 50-50 basis. So that means that, you know, I get time to do me and he gets time to do him and our children have access to both of us um, because that's the way, you know, we want to bring up our children. Um, and it's and it's it's panned out that way. We're both completely committed to it. Now, I know that I'm quite... Um, people, people quite often say to me, oh, you're lucky in that your husband... Um, you know contributes and plays an active role and the use of the word lucky always ruffles my feather expression because it's not luck it's by design and I've always been very demanding of him that you know that's that's the way that I want it to work just because I was to become a mum that doesn't mean that I was going to drop everything um, and I think at the moment it's it's something that's particularly important. So I feel like mums have a a moment here to try and maintain some of the the flexibility that they've had over the last year or so. So dads have been around more and they have been generally you know doing more of the school runs and more actively involved. And something I'll quite often say to our members is have that conversation, you know, talk to your partner now about how you balance things a bit more evenly at home, because this is a, a, almost like a once in a lifetime opportunity where, you know, where we can really grab this with both hands and change that dynamic. And I know that's easier said than done for lots of people, but I still think it's a it's a good reminder for people to think, oh, actually, you know, are we having that chat? Are we having that conversation? Yeah, that's really good. Thank you. That definitely, that definitely, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. I was pausing for a second. Then I'm thinking, oh, probably I need to have that conversation as well. <laughs> and lots really... of well, lots of lots of people say it, and I think that sometimes we just need reminding of that that actually this is our life too. And just because I gave birth to this baby, it doesn't mean that it's mine. It, it is still our baby, you know, and it's our life, and it's you know, we we deserve to have our own career as well. So why shouldn't we? I think it's just very easy, isn't it, to just fall into habits. 
So, yeah. you know, I'm the one that does this. I'm the one that does that. It just, it, I think, and it, you maybe you don't, you don't never have a conversation. It just becomes, you know, the way things are and, and it's never been talked about. Um, I'm sure that people can relate to that where you just sort of wake up one day and think, why is it always me that does a school run? Or why is it always me that <laughs> packs the lunch boxes or whatever it is? And it's, you know, you've done that role for so long. It's kind of just been accepted as default that actually that's your job. Yeah, and I think the other thing that I think we often, I think particularly as mums and as as women that we we often sort of beat ourselves up for is is accessing help. So not necessarily from a partner, you know, not everybody has one, but accessing help outside. So I remember toying, you know, really wrestling with myself about whether to put my son into nursery for an extra three hours on a Thursday afternoon sounds so minor, sounds so minor but because I hadn't done it with the two girls before him I felt really really guilty about it and then I went to pregnant then screwed actually and I heard um, a lady called Nina Malone talking from Don't Back Mums and she was talking about this just letting go of the guilt and you know accessing the help that you need and and being okay about it and I made a commitment to myself that day I think this was about 18 months ago now I made a commitment to myself that day just to drop the whole guilt around it because actually there is absolutely nothing wrong with running your own business and allowing allowing yourself to have those you know that mental challenge that you need and the challenge of of running your own business or you know whatever it may be having your own career basically outside of your your family commitment you know it's okay to have both like it's perfectly okay and we shouldn't feel guilty for wanting that absolutely thank you and that leads on really nicely to what I wanted to talk to you about next which was the rounds of the boundaries around work and home life particularly as so many of us are working from our homes and and do you have any thoughts or advice around this um so for example when you were talking I was thinking about the fact that yeah I quite like the fact most of my children are in school now because it kind of gives me um set hours almost yeah and then in the evenings I can think okay I'm going to focus on them because I haven't seen them all day so sometimes having a bit of childcare can help in the sense that you're not trying to do everything and doing it everything with you know you're only half present for everything you're Mm -hmm. doing yeah again and it's not being bound by this you know traditional sort of nine to five piece I I just don't think there's there's a need for it and quite often you find that your customers demands aren't necessarily nine to five either what so I do similar to you so the children are at school slash nursery three days a week and then my husband has them on a Tuesday and I have them on a Friday so for me a Friday is a no work day I'll I'll, I'll check emails on, on my phone but that's it otherwise I don't turn the laptop on until um, they're in bed and on the weekdays uh, when they get home from school I shut my laptop whether it's three o'clock or whether it's five o'clock because of various clubs and things I shut my laptop at that time and I'm entirely present from three until half seven when everybody's in bed and that means that I can be the most present mum when I want to in that space and I can be completely immersed in my work um, in my work time now of course there are times when when, you know when things bleed across but as much as possible I try and stick to that I have it on my auto signature on my email I have it on my out of office I'm very 
open about it and actually I think that's something that's okay as well you know it's okay for us to publicly say I'm not available on Fridays because that's my time that I spend with my two-year-old and my four-year-old and we you know go off to Peppa Pig World or go to the local duck pond whatever it might be um but being quite precious about that um I think that's that works from a time point of view then I think there's the the sort of physical space piece so we recently moved house and my um, husband built himself a uh I would call it the shed of dread that's obviously not a shed it's a proper office um but an office out in the garden and we've both found actually having that space that's slightly separate from the house where you even the walk from the door to the shed door kind of just feels like a bit of a entering a workspace because before that I would always do the kitchen table and before that it was the sofa but even when I was working from the sofa I would sit Again, this sounds absolutely mental saying it out loud, but I would sit at one end with my laptop on my lap. And then in the evening, I would sit at the other end of the sofa without the laptop. And again, I think just having that sort of those little demarcations between this is, you know, this is my workspace and this is my home space really, really helps. That's really useful. Thank you. And I t- I'm totally with you on the sofa thing. I, for a long time, used to work from a specific chair um, in our living room. And I never used to sit on that chair when I wasn't working because it came, <laughs> yes. there was such a strong association of this is where I work that um, yeah. couldn't, couldn't really sit there in the evenings anymore because it was like the work chair. <laughs> it's funny isn't it <laughs> it is I really liked what you were saying about your your email signature as well so are you very upfront about the hours you're available yeah totally upfront. so I think it's really important I mean I I appreciate that it can be really difficult for people particularly in sort of more kind of service-based sectors where you've got people calling you any time of the day or night um I have a business partner so her and I sort of are able to manage things between us but I am very public about it because I I think in today's world everybody is used to immediacy but we don't necessarily need it so you know we'll send an email and I don't know about you but if an email lands in my inbox I immediately have feel that pressure to answer it and actually it doesn't always need to be answered now like that doesn't matter so quite often if I speak to somebody on a Thursday and they want something and I say oh is it okay if I send it on Monday because I don't work on Fridays they're absolutely fine with it we I think we put pressure on ourselves for everything to be done now and everything to be done today and actually it that's just not always necessary Thank you. I totally relate to the email thing. I actually sometimes, you know, an email might come in sort of just before I head off on the school run, for example, and I actually have to sort of close my laptop lid to stop myself thinking, I'll just send a quick reply now. Because (laughs) actually, I don't know about you, but if I email somebody and they don't reply for a day or two days, I don't really think anything of it I just you know think they've got a life and other work and they're going to reply you know yeah yeah, I think as long as you reply in sort of a reasonable time scale and um, how often I mean the way most people work so I've done it this morning I had a massive backlog of emails so I spent three hours literally going through emails and responding if everybody responded to all those emails straight away then I'd be completely immersed again you know it's not it's not a natural sort of it's not a natural work pattern and I think we fall into that trap so again sort of just reminding ourselves that you know not everything has to be done straight away and being a bit more strict with yourself about urgent things that have to be done now versus things that are are done later is perfectly okay that's very good advice thank you and you mentioned just then that you um 
co-founded your business it would actually be interesting to talk a bit about that if you don't mind digging into to that a little bit because that's an option that you know perhaps people haven't thought about yeah so I'm I mean I'm really really lucky so Nick my co-founder when I came up with the idea of that works for me I kind of said to her look I've got this thing bubbling away in my head like I I think there's room in this market to develop a platform that brings together, you know, really skilled people with growing businesses that need help. Um, what do you think? And Nick and my skill sets complement each other quite nicely. So she's very much, and I both started out as project managers years and years ago, um, and our careers sort of took quite different directions. And Nick has stayed in that kind of delivery space, but on a much bigger scale and moved more into the digital arena and that sort of thing. Whereas I went down the business route and people management and strategy and distribution. So actually where we've both ended up, we've both got quite a, a we're both organized, I would say, but our skill sets have have developed quite differently so we complement each other quite nicely and we had we'd always laughed and joked about it she's she's one of my best friends in the world and we'd always laughed and joked about working together so I think we were both as surprised as one another when I came to her and said look I've got this idea what do you think um luckily for me she really liked it and we we took it forward together from there um and it's 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 absolutely lovely having somebody else in in it with you it's been really interesting so over the last year Nick had a baby in November so she's taken a few months out to obviously be with her baby which is fantastic but it's been quite a stark reminder for me of what what it's like not having her around so you know much more what it would be like to be on my own all the time and she's just starting to phase back in now and it's feeling so much more like I'm sharing the and, and sharing that you know the pressure because let's not you know let's not joke about it running your own business is is tough and it's a massive roller coaster and there are so many ups and downs in a day I think that I don't know about you but I find it <laughs> I find it really tough some days so just having someone who is there at the other end of the phone and someone that you can you know cry with if you want to or or laugh with and and having someone to share those amazing kind of highs with as well is is really amazing yeah thank you for that and do you have I'm quite just be curious if you don't mind is do you have sort of clearly defined roles that each of you sort of undertake yeah we do and we were we were quite religious about it from day one so I think we're both like I said we both have got skill sets but we've got some we've got some crossover as well but I think having that conversation quite early on to say you know what sort of bits do you see yourself taking on in future and you know where are we now um we always had an idea about what those roles would look like so Nick's very much the COO side of things so like the operational side of things how are things working you know, how's the platform looking, managing all the delivery side of it, whereas I'm much more focused on the sales, the marketing um, and the sort of strategic direction. But, yeah, we were always really quite clear from day one. Um, that's not to say that our roles are always that black and white. <laughs> so there are lots of things that cross over. Um, and while I dip out for a few weeks to have number four, then Nick will obviously take over all of those other bits as well. So a tough few weeks ahead for her. But um, but yeah, it's I think it's really important to not tread on each each other's toes and allow each other the sort of bandwidth to go off and do our own thing by having those responsible those responsibilities really marked out. Yeah, that really makes sense. And has it um has it changed your friendship at all? Sort of working together as well. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, 
Nick is much better than me at separating the two things. So I'm quite, I find it quite tough in that I kind of blur everything together and I find it much harder to get out of that, that headspace. But I think in realising that, so we would have some, you know, in the early days, we'd have some quite tough conversations. And then at the end of the call, <laughs> Nick would be like, so, you know, how are the children? How's this? How's that? And I, I would take sort of a little bit more time to separate things out. But I think knowing that, that Nick can be so separate about things has allowed me to be separate. And we're quite, it's really funny, even when we talk on the phone, we'll, we have a bit of a catch up about how we both are and how life is and this, that and the other. And then we move to the work part of the call and then we just talk about that. And it, it makes me laugh sometimes just how, how separate we are. So I think, I think maybe at the beginning there was probably a little bit of crossover, far more on my side than hers, just about, well, oh, how's this going to work? What's this going to be like? But um, we're over that now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, thank you for answering that I mean hope you don't mind me asking I don't know it sounds though from what you've said um that actually it might be healthy to have that separation and to see and to see it as two separate things so this is my colleague and this is my friend but not that the lines blur that actually sounds like that could be quite a healthy boundary to have actually yeah I think so I think you need you need something in there otherwise it all gets a bit I don't know, everything kind of gets too involved. And then, you know, you're in a business, you're not going to agree on everything. And there are going to be different, there can be different dynamics to personalities that come out in certain situations. So I know I'm not normally like it, but if I'm ultra stressed and I can be a bit short and I can be a bit irritable, probably like most people. So, But actually, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that in your friendship because why would you see that side of somebody? So I think having that, you know, this this is work time and this is a work chat and this is a work conversation versus let's have a chat about how our babies are and when we're going to see each other and when we can meet up for cocktails in London and all of that fun stuff. I Yeah, I think having that distinction is quite important. Yeah, because I can, I'm just thinking for, my, for myself, I'm thinking that I would probably find that quite hard. Um, you know, if I was talking to a friend in a business context and they were a bit irritable with me, let's say, I think I would find it really hard not to take that personally, just, just knowing. Yeah. Um, because that's who I am so yeah and I and I'm I'm exactly the same but like I say Nick's much more she's she's just much more um able to sort of distinguish those two parts and she probably set the tone of that from the beginning for which I'm really grateful because I think that helps us both navigate those those situations well that's really good and do you have any sort of specific advice for anyone who's thinking of doing something with a friend or family member so the funny you should say the family member thing because my sister's involved (laughs) she's our third third shareholder um she's involved so Jem's role is quite different so she has a full-time job um and she helps us out just on some things when we need it so lots of the sort of the content and the writing and that type of thing but things that she can do more you know less against a timetable and more sort of within her own within her own time um in terms of what it's like to work together, so the three of us obviously all get on famously well, all love each other and adore each other. So there's there's always that to fall back on. If you're thinking about doing it, you, I would only enter into it with people that you can have really honest conversations with. So, you know, you need to be able to say, this is what I need from you. You know, this is how I'm feeling. What do we think about this? And know that 
you can have some of those tricky conversations but you're like I said you're still going to be able to walk away from from that situation and be friends or sisters or whatever it may be and I think people who enter into these situations without ever giving that any thought can sometimes come quite unstuck the other thing that we did really early on almost too early I think we thought at the time and I remember Nick saying to me (laughs) saying Jess do you think we're going to fall out you know why are you talking to me about what would happen to shareholdings if one of us went off and you know did this or if we why are you talking to me about whether we if we had a dispute but reflecting on it I think having had those conversations and set the tone of that working relationship from such so early on meant that it it was just always there in the background and nothing has come up where we've needed to um, refer to those anyway but actually it's the same as with the roles thing because we had agreed some things up front it made it much easier to kind of move forward on that basis and it never if anything got contentious there never be any difficult conversations because we'd already agreed so a really good example is um we are currently talking to investors about investing in the business. And one of the sort of difficult topics that often comes up is around share dilution, particularly if you've got different um, shareholdings sizes. So actually, we always agreed that if we went out and got investment from day one, we said we would all dilute our shareholding and that's how it would work. And that has just meant it's one less tricky conversation to have later on because, no, you know, nobody feels like anyone else is being, out, you know, outdone or anyone's got any bad feeling or anything like that. It just means that that difficult conversation happened a long time ago so it's not and it you know it wasn't difficult at the time it was all very straightforward that's really interesting so it sounds like those difficult conversations might not be as difficult if you have them on day one as opposed to a few years down the line yeah and you because you you enter it into it all in the right spirit and the right you know in the right frame of mind of positivity so I think, yeah, I think anything like that that you can do at day one to sort of set the parameters of how you're going to work together and what things will look like. And also, it's really fun to sit and do the whole, you know, oh, my God, imagine if our business becomes worth like 100 million in the future. What would that look like? You know, how how would that play out for us? That, That bit doesn't it doesn't have to all be serious and doom and gloom. It can be really exciting to imagine that as well. Yeah. And and do you um, formalize all of that as well? Is something is that something you'd recommend? So actually having something on paper. Yeah, so we wrote we just captured it all on a on a piece of paper, um, which we've just had sat in our shared drive, so that when the time came to actually write contracts and things around this stuff, we we always had it there and we all knew it was there. So it was just again, just wasn't a difficult thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, thank you. Thank you for explaining all of that. And I know I've gone, I've asked some things I hope aren't too personal, but it, no, not at I all. just think it's be really <laughs> useful. Um, so before we wrap up, Jess, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on relating to sort of flexible working and, and sort of boundaries, work-life balance, anything, anything at all that we haven't yet spoken about? No, I don't think so. My, my only, um, my only sort of piece of advice to small business owners is to, you know, if there's something that you can't do or there's something you've got too much of to kind of not shy away from talking to other people about it, you know, and not going out and investigating what other alternatives there are. Because we offer, there are so many fantastic people. I think I said to you earlier, the 
that we've got almost 4,000 members now and I that's been built up over a period of probably of about a year and a half so I've got to know lots of these people personally and and I know how amazing they are and I know how niche and specialist some of the skill sets are I mentioned to you earlier about um, we had a small business owner who was looking for um, some health and safety protocols to be written for her Pilates studio. And to start off with, I just thought, wow, that, that's, a really, that's a really niche request, but it's exactly the sort of thing you would need help with. Um, and to my surprise, there were some people on the platform who could do that. And they've gone on to work together and have a really great relationship. And, you know, they've both got out of it what they would want. And I, it just, it's kind of a daily reminder of there's probably, you know, whatever that difficulty is that you're up against and whatever that problem is, there is a way of finding someone to help you with that that just doesn't have to cost the earth. And I think people are quite often surprised at how, you know, little help can cost, particularly if you're only looking for it in a small amount. That's really useful. Thank you for that. And I, I think that that does certainly put my mind on people's minds at rest because like you I'm a big advocate of asking for help and not trying to Mm. do it all because I think a lot of us especially at the outset can try and do it all and part of it is because you think well I can't afford help or I'm too small to find somebody who'd want to work with you know why would somebody want to work with me I've only been going a month you know it's only I'm so small or whatever the reason is it's quite easy to talk yourself out of finding somebody to help you and I think lots of business owners get help a bit later than perhaps they would have liked to or needed to because of kind of some of those beliefs that are actually not true definitely and I think one of the kind of one of the real sort of positive thing one of the things that you can learn really quickly about yourself is knowing where to do that and knowing knowing when to ask I think it's a real you know how many times like you say we've all struggled on trying to do something ourselves, and then actually you speak to somebody who knows it and it's just resolved in seconds but we so we at the beginning Nick was quite pushed us quite heavily on making sure that we got expert um, expertise into all of our user journeys and and what the screens actually looked like and at the time I sort of ummed over it but actually it was the best decision we'd ever made because it's really easy particularly when you're designing a platform to sort of tie yourself and your users up in knots and kind of how to get to the right places so having spending a little bit of money up front on investing in something so important was absolutely kind of critical to our success and I think that I would challenge you know people who are scaling up their businesses to ask those same questions like what are the things that are really going to make the difference here um and you know do I need expert help on those because ultimately we're all human and we can't be good at everything people just aren't that's not how the world works that's really good advice thank you and that's actually a really lovely note to end on as well yes (laughs) so thank you so much Jess for everything that you've shared today thank you Um, for having me it's been lovely you're welcome it's really nice to talk to you thank you so much for listening and I will see you again next week with another great episode If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.